I'm just cutting in here right at the top to give a little bit of programming notes for the next eight weeks for the podcast. So with the release of this discussion on Fantastic Planet, we're beginning a new retrospective for the podcast featuring four films. And you'll have to listen to the episode itself to find out what that retrospective is. But due to the large backlog of episodes we've had over the past few months, (laughs) by the time that this episode's reaching all of you, we've actually essentially completed that series. So because of that, I'm actually going to be releasing them in somewhat of a regular fashion by putting on a new episode every second Monday. So if you're interested in the film that we announced at the end of this episode, you only have to wait two weeks to see what we think about it. And in between then, we're going to drop some other backlogged episodes. Um, So if you're not interested in this series, go check those things out instead. But we do hope that you'll come along on this journey with us because we've had a lot of fun recording these. And we hope you'll check out some of the films as well. But without further ado, let's get on with the show. It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss the 1973 film, Fantastic Planet. Welcome everybody yet again to a new retrospective here on the podcast. This one's called Strange Animation Volume 1. What? We discussed this a little while ago on one of our, uh, was it Bending the Elements? We went through like the list of movies and prep for this that we were planning to do. Maybe, I don't fully remember, but... Yeah, either way, I, I made a list of 20 films and I was going to go through them all and pick out, you know, individual ones, but... Honestly, it was just getting like overwhelming how many I was watching and I was like, I've already kind of picked the ones I want to do. So, so I decided to put some of them aside and we'll, I'll save some of those for later. But also some of the ones I watched were just not something that I felt like I would have anything to say. So, (laughs) but four films starting here with Fantastic Planet. Uh, Should I just lay out the four that I picked out for us here? I I, go ahead because this is, this is brand new for us. Yeah, so we got Fantastic Planet to start. Then we're going to go all the way to Japan in, I think it's 92, with Angel's Egg, our first Mamoru Oshii film. Then we're going to do a Scanner Darkly. And then, to end it off, I pick Perfect Blue as the last one. <laughs> so, from from France to Japan to, I don't know where that other one is, back to Japan. Yeah, America. Yeah, and there is a lot of just anime that I could in- I could make a whole list of just anime, but I thought I should try to, you know... Had a little variance here, but yeah, I wouldn't say Angel's Egg nor Perfect Blue would be in the ultraviolet A-rated basement. Yeah, no, I don't think either one. I mean, Perfect Blue has some violent sequences, but but no, yeah, definitely not. That's plus ne- neither one of them are OVAs either. No, that's true, and it's it's mostly OVAs that are over the top and violent. 
for the sake of violence. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's sex and violence sells, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Smut sells. But speaking of sex and violence, Fantastic Planet. Here we go. So, so what do you know about this film coming in? Well, first off, uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen, those between. Happy uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, National Classy Day, National Bootleggers Day, and National Hot Buttered Rum Day. And I'm certainly... Wow sure that those that made this film were probably uh drinking some buttered rum there because this was uh this was fantastic mm. coming in strong yeah not to not to like show my hand immediately but uh how did i but but initially how did i find out about this film so i think i okay i've i've in in the old hmv now sunrise but you know still same thing almost they have the Criterion section, or at least the, the, the prestige yeah. film section, and Criterion's in there. And I think I just stumbled across Fantastic Planet one day, like picking out a bunch of DVDs, or Blu-ray, excuse me. And it was there, I was like, what the heck is this? And then, I think I was trying to find on the internet, like years later or whatever, sometime later, I was trying to find out Forbidden Planet, but I ended up typing in Fantastic Planet instead. Because I mm. guess subconsciously, I it, it stuck with me, because of the the uh, the blue creature, um, or the blue blue humanoid, humanoid. I forget what their names are immediately. <laughs> the drags, the drags. Yes, thank you. The drags. Yeah, that image stuck in with me pretty quickly, and I didn't know what it was about. I think I may have looked a trailer up at some point, hmm. and there was a link. I was on TV Tropes once, under Nightmare Fuel, and uh, I clicked on one, and uh, yeah, it was the flying creature with the elongated tongue. Yes, the penile tongue. Yes, that uh, people stick to, and it sucks it up. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes, not a bad way of not not bad biology. I kind of like that, but yeah. So I've never seen this the full way through until today, a few minutes ago, actually, and I was quite impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super. I mean, I, I guess it's. I guess I'll spoil my my feelings too. Yeah, very similar to you. I discovered this because of Criterion. Um, I don't remember if it was seeing a disc in person or just seeing it online, but I was always intrigued by that cover. I was always like, this looks like it'd be very interesting animation. What, Like, what is this? It looks fantastic. <laughs> but I watched this maybe two or three months ago, and that was the start of this whole retrospective. So I watched this, I'm like, okay, now I want to see more weird animation, and I want to talk about them on the podcast. So, <laughs> So that's why we're here today, but... But, um, yeah, just, just to, to lay it out, yeah, I, I was super enamored by this right during my first viewing. I'd never seen anything that looked like this animation-wise. I don't know if maybe you have some things you can pull out, but I just love the look of it. Yeah, it's... I was thinking of that, too, the same way through. Oh, boy. So, this is obviously... A, well, first off, Monty Python's art style mm. sometimes that you where you would see like the the bigfoot come down pardon me also uh ladies and gentlemen those in between i have not done any research on this whatsoever beforehand afterhand or in prep call me unprofessional for that but i kind of wanted again to go into this without knowing anything and i there's clearly an art style here i've seen before it's not a tapestry art style in uh, what I remember from social studies in high school, 
uh, there was there was something in my mind the whole way through where I was like, what is this? What is this animation? What does this animation style look like? I couldn't put my finger on it. I have yet to put my finger on it. So potentially later on down the line in a speakeasy, maybe I'll figure it out. It's a, mm. it's, it's not the end all be all of this because this is going to stick in my mind for a while. Maybe I'll rewatch it again one day and I'll have to, and I'll tell everybody about it, like you know what my, what my feelings are at that point. But the thing is, people think that the podcast is uh, each commentary is an end all be all. I think with us, we're a little more like fast and loose with that, eh? Yeah, yeah. So the closest thing I could think of, at least like off the top of my head, like shooting right now, is uh, Rupert, the animation, if anybody knows what that is. Like with the like the kids animated show with, I don't know what he is, some sort of weird animal? Yes, the kids animated show by Nelvana. Yeah, I, I remember that show. That's interesting. I don't... Hmm. Was that a French show? Now that I think about it, I think it but like either either Rupert or Babar were, I think co-produced with but with oh wait, stupid okay yeah. the stupid one is Angela Anaconda which I didn't often see, but I'm not calling this animation style ugly I'm just saying like for some odd reason like that, and then Angela Anaconda like seems similar because it almost was like everything was cut out like it's cut out animation if that makes sense. Well, I looked up Rupert. That, that does make sense. I looked up Rupert. It is uh, French. I'm looking at Babar. So let's see. I believe it was as well, because most of... No, funny enough, Nelvana kind of like Studio Ghibli uh, like to use outside of Canada stories. Because Babar, Rupert, and... I sw even... You know what's funny? Even Tintin as well, even though that is that is like pure on French. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, Tintin as well is what reminded me of... Yeah, it looks like Babar. I mean, it looks like it was uh, like a co-production, but I co-production between like France and Canada. But yeah, all those. Yeah, a lot of like it's it's so funny. Like even going back to well, when when I was first introduced to Studio Ghibli and specifically Miyazaki, there's a lot of like my childhood in those movies, and especially in this one as well. It's that is quite funny. I, I find. Yeah, that that is interesting actually. Hmm. Uh, and and no, I don't think this looks like heavy metal. Hmm. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I wrote in my notes. Um, the animation here. The only thing I could think of that's close to it is the animated segments by Terry Gilliam and from Monty Python, which you mentioned. Thank you. But I also wrote. I feel like I've seen some heavy metal comics that look somewhat similar to this. So. Yes, comics. Yes. Um, heavy metal. The movie. I. Maybe the one with the zombies on the aircraft. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I'm grasping at straws here. Every everybody could just be like, "You knuckleheads, that's not <laughs> that. That looks nothing like this." Listen, <laughs> listen. Sometimes our brains make connections that others don't. Yeah, and of course, heavy metal. The the movie itself has a lot of French influence too. Of course. So I mean, maybe there's well, some it's connected <laughs> tissue there. It's the it's it's heavy Marant uh, or Marant, excuse me. Um, I butchered that. It's animated in Canada, so I, yeah, of course it has to be. Yeah, and I wish I wish I would have thought about it more to pull out my some of my old heavy metal magazines because I know the head animator for this, um, Roland Topor. Roland Topor. Or Topor. I think it was Topor though. I know that he did some comic work, so I'm not sure if he did heavy metal stuff, but but I, I guess I'll, I'll also say I wrote a little summary here for us just to kind of set the table for the conversation. Oh, of course. So I guess I'll quickly pull out our whole avatar routine and read that for us here. 
So we open the movie with a human mother and her baby running through a very alien-looking landscape. We don't know this yet, but she's one of the wild ohm living out in the wilderness. By the way, were you, were you thinking a Nazca with all the ohm references? <laughs> See, there was that, but all of a sudden I just thought of, like, Moses slash Hunchback of Notre Dame. At least with the backstory. That's interesting, I didn't think about that, but... But yeah, so in the wilderness... She unluckily has the misfortune of coming across two children of the giant alien overlords of this planet, the Drags. They end up killing the mother while playing with her, and when an adult alien and his daughter, Tiva, come upon them, the child takes a liking to the baby and decides to take it as her new pet. We get glimpses of the first several years of his life living as her plaything. She gives him a collar so that his movements can always be controlled, and Tiva dresses him and treats him as if he were a doll. We see the years go by as the two grow up, and we also learn about Drake society. We discover that they place a massive amount of importance on regular meditation among the adults, and we also find out that beyond just pets, ohms have become a regular topic of concern amongst the drags. Wild populations have started to get out of hand, and in the pockets where they do thrive, the drags do regular callings to try and combat the problem. But with our ohm child, now named Ter, we see that he takes an interest in Tiva's daily headset classes, as they beam into his collar, as well into both their minds. He transforms into a very dangerous element for drag society, an educated ohm. But even though Tiva's father, Master Sin, realizes that Terra's been listening to the lessons, he assumes the ohm isn't smart enough to absorb the information. Eventually, Tiva grows out of her interest in Terra, and so to continue his lessons, Terra steals the headset and escapes into the wilderness. Tiva activates the collar, but luckily, a wild ohm discovers Terra and removes it before he can be forcibly returned. She leads Terra through the very strange landscape to an abandoned park filled with wild ohm. His education quickly makes him a valuable addition to the group, and he grows to lead them over time. There's some odd goings on within the group, though. Amongst them is a strange wizard figure who holds a lot of sway over the group. I'm sure we'll discuss some of that in the wider conversation, but we also see that there's a rival group of ohm in the park, and we see that even amongst themselves, the ohms constantly live in conflict. But when the dregs come to deom the park, it's up to Ter to bring them together against their real enemy. Their homes are destroyed, and they're forced to flee. But their bad luck doesn't stop, as two drag civilians are out taking in a nice morning stroll, and decide to get in on the killings. The ohms overpower one of them, and this sets the stage for an ohm rebellion. They flee to an abandoned rocket station, and get to work on building a rocket to the wild planet, a celestial body that circles the drag planet. But when they arrive... They discover that it's actually a vital piece of the drag ecosystem. When the dregs go into their meditative state, they send their minds to the wild planet to sit atop giant mannequins, and they use these mannequins as a way to meet and communicate with other alien species in a type of strange dance uh, nuptial thing. The Ohm destroy the mannequins and cause chaos among the drag society, so in order to restore balance, truce is formed. The Ohms create an artificial moon to call their home, and they provide the dregs with a new way of thinking and an outlook on the world, I guess. And for the Ohm, uh, I guess they get their freedom, but not much else. <laughs> I suppose we'll talk about it as we discuss Rene Lelou's Fantastic Planet. So there you go. There's my little summary again. Nice job, sir. I liked it. Thanks. <laughs> well, uh, not to prove to Eric that he was right from our last conversation we had of him whenever that comes out, but... Uh, well, I feel like the ending, not to go to there, to there immediately, but I feel like the ending was rushed. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's, it. I mean, the whole weird 
thing with the mannequins on the planet. I wasn't quite sure what's going on there. I mean, it was a nice little bit of like strange imagery, but I was like, uh, like, so they're meeting with other people who have the same abilities as them, I guess. And they say they're exchanging, I don't know, doing trade or something, but I was like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I immediately thought of like, what is this interplanetary sex? Yeah, that's what they seem to say, but I don't know. It was all pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're saying this whole movie wasn't weird? The whole movie's definitely weird, but that ending... It's fantastic. Was ...had me uh, scratch my head a little bit more. You're going you're gonna to keep hearing me say, it's fantastic, from Fanforstic. The very last, like, one of the last lines in that film. Take a shot every time I say, it's fantastic, or just fantastic is said. Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> Everyone will be dead. Oh, but I'm just watching this... I'm just watching this little opening scene here when the these little kids are just like tormenting the mom, and for whatever reason, it reminds me as a little kid of watching my classmates play with ants. Oh boy! They would watch them carrying their food. They would put things in the path, and the ant would look at it and be like, "Oh, how do I get around?" They would try to go somewhere else, and the kids would just move the the goalposts and trap it again. And I remember as a little kid always thinking that was just pretty cruel and i was like oh they're just trying to do their job and get through their day and you guys yeah. are just completely disrupting them so but again the kids you know they don't they don't know they're doing anything wrong in this they they're just like oh they're just like bugs for us so i guess that's kind of the part of the message but no it's there's there's just a lot of things like yeah this part of this made me uncomfortable with how mm -hmm. you know we treat those that are smaller than us and yeah i got a problem with that <laughs> yeah does a good job of highlighting the issue, you know. They show that these, these, uh, these drags—they they don't really think anything of it. They're just like, oh, they're like these stupid little. I guess, and they even do a little thing with like invasive species, where they basically ship them in from Earth. Like, oh, these are our new pets. Like, let's bring them over. This cool exotic breed, and then it's just causing all these problems. And yeah, so that's. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in there for a little message. So, do you want to go in chronological order? I know we kind of started off a bit uh, out of order or going everywhere, but I think we should have some continuity here. Yeah, yeah, we, we could, absolutely. So, I was under the impression that this entire movie was silent and nobody spoke. And it was almost a horror movie, in a way, because... Mm. This... this like, one, of the, one of my apprehensions to this is I actually am kind of terrified of this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's scary no doubt it's it's a lot of creepy moments and just the design of the aliens themselves something real creepy about those red eyes and blink please blink <laughs> even when they die they don't blink <laughs> yeah when when they killed the when they killed that man finally which is like gulliver's travels i guess but they killed gulliver, oh, yeah. Gull gulliver instead uh i was surprised surprised or I, I thought that when his eyes went blank uh, i thought he was like communicating with the others to like warn them of, of where they were going and they didn't and i was surprised by that yeah there's something just chilling about him just laying there and his eyes just slowly like glaze over until it's just like dead eyes it's like Hoo -hoo. but yeah these and i love all the shots early on of like when you'd see like the little kid tear with uh tiva like lingering over in this gigantic head just watching yeah yeah that stuff's real creepy let's just say i was waiting for a scene where like the uh drag start eating the almond i'm like oh golly please no mm. yeah you saying that reminded me so i wrote in my notes that there were two movies that i feel like were inspired by the design of these drags here number one galaxy quest with those remember those tiny little 
Have you seen Galaxy Quest? Uh, it's been a while, but I, I do remember parts of it. I haven't seen the full thing through, but like I'd, I'd say I've seen like at least like eighty percent of it through. Yeah, there's a scene where Tim Allen's on a planet with like this little, I forget what they call him. And they're like calling this like supposedly monster guy, and these these tiny little guys who are running around with the same kind of ears and their blue skin too. They have a creepier and uglier face, but I don't know if you remember them. <laughs> no, I don't think I do. Sure, there's some little aliens there. But then also the beginning of Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. We open up with an alien that looks very, very similar to this. With the same skin color, basically. They have the same kind of ears. The eyes are different, but... So well, This might be the uh, blue version of uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> uh, or Amphibian Man from The Shape of Water. Uh, I could see some... Yeah, I could see some resemblance, but... Okay, here's here's what they might look like. Do you remember either? I don't know if it's early versions. Like I've okay. Have you read Submariner number one? Like all the way back from, like the forties or the thirties? Excuse me. Yeah, I have. I just read it a few weeks ago, actually, <laughs> for the first time. Did they color them blue? Um, the the, the mer well, okay, wait. The Atlanteans. Excuse me. Yeah, I was about to say mermaids. It's like no, it's the Ant Atlanteans. I don't remember if they colored them blue. They looked way different than I'd ever seen them look before. I can quickly pull up my comicsology. Um, no, they're they're green. They are green. Well, aren't they established to be blue at least present day wise? Yep. Yeah, okay. And they look more like like frogmen or something in the old ones. It's a little strange, but <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I and by the way, I just want to say it's just as a little piece of animation uh, kind of uniqueness. So many movies that I watch that are animated. You can tell that they're cutting corners with like kind of side characters and stuff where it's you know you see the same faces repeated like all over the place yep but i thought with these drags even just slight differences like the size of eyes or like the bend in the nose the shape of like the lips a little bit i thought they all looked really distinct in it i, th I really appreciated the detail work there from the animator here the term you're thinking of for art direction, I mean, not art direction, but it's called uh, only six faces, and a lot of yeah, a lot, I, I will not come out and just be like yeah, no, it's how dare every animated movie not like draw unique faces when it takes hours upon hours to make a new face. Mm -hmm. It's just a time saver. Um, that's why you hear me bring up the term shovel face, where you literally like draw a spade shovel head and then you would draw like features around it. That's almost like interchangeable. It's like a Barbie doll anatomy with a face. Yeah, and it's yeah, like you said, it's just saving time and budget. You, you can't really hold it against them and they don't have unlimited money. Yeah, uh, unless it comes unless it comes like a recurring thing. <laughs> and like, ah, oh, yeah, on, some, like, for instance, if you remember uh, Wicked City, the, the, the animation, Almost every single character's like design was different. Even in, even in Ninja Scroll, if you remember that from way back then, uh, that one like each of the characters' faces looked very different. Yeah, it's been too long for a Ninja Scroll for me. I don't really remember that one too well. But yeah, I just, I mean, again, yeah, it's, it's hard to judge other films, but I just felt like, I felt like they must have put years into this, and it really does to me, look like something that it's almost like just a graphic novel transferred into animation but with no quality loss like so many things you see like oh yeah they brought it to animation but you know of course they had to you know kind of cut corners because an animation's expensive you can't get the same kind of crisp detail laden quality that you would get with just a image on a page but i don't feel like there was any loss here 
Not that this was adapted from a comic, but I, I think I, I think you get what I mean. But <laughs> well, other than being adapted from a book of, I assume short stories. Yeah, I don't know anything about the book. Yeah, you you mentioned earlier that you didn't do any research. The only research that I did was look up the director and who the animator was. That was it. The 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 lead animator, you mean? Lead animator. Thank you. Yes. And by the way, he he'd had m many years of experience with animation. I would have to assume so. I'd actually shockingly seen something that he'd done many years ago and had no idea that it was from him or anybody. Because there was a little couple years ago I got into watching Surrealist Shorts with animation on the Criterion channel. There was um, this one uh, animator, she made a movie called Asparagus and some weird, weird animated stuff, really surreal stuff. And I saw uh, another one by this guy called Snails, another really weird one. <laughs> cool. Um, not as good as this, but I'd definitely check it out if you can. Oh no, he's <laughs> this one took place like forty, almost fifty years ago, and anything he makes nowadays is is crap. No I'm just kidding. No, I don't even know if he's still working. I don't know if you know. If he, I don't even know if he's still alive. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. What other stuff has the director done? Um, there was another film on my list called Gondahar. It was also directed by uh, Rene Lalou. So that sounds familiar. Yeah, I didn't realize it was by him when I put it on the list, and then when I started the movie, I was like, oh, Rene Leloup, I just watched Fantastic Planet last week. And similar to this movie, it doesn't look, it looks much more like a traditional animated movie, so clearly he wasn't working with uh, Roland Topor by that point, but, but definitely it'll be on one of the other volumes. I just I felt like it was somewhat similar enough in pace and tone that I was like, maybe it shouldn't be included in the same group, so... I see. With your comment on um, any, any like you know steady animation, very clean, crisp animation, I agree. I don't think there was much in the way of of off animation, and if it was off, I mean like good job because I couldn't tell it was off. Again, watched it once through, so I, oh by yeah, will, will I watch this again? Yeah, probably. Now that I know it's not a horror film, it's a horror to my eyes. Well, I mean, maybe, but. It's not, not really, but I feel like usually like if you remember Whisper of the Heart, uh, again, I'm not trying to compare, but I'm using it as an example. Remember how many moving parts were in that film? And it's a slice of life film where you just see mm -hmm. like, you know, in the I forget the protagonist's name, but when you see her going through her town, her city, you just see all the other people bustling through and walking. That takes a lot of time. Like, that's that's rigorous animation right there. There wasn't... A, Think, think about this. There wasn't that much like move. Okay. There was mu movement in this. That's what animation is about. It's it's like animated objects or animated matter. But there wasn't like a rising. Like you remember parts of heavy metal. There was like I feel like there was con like it was more constant and dynamic in that movie. Whereas like this one, I'm not saying it wasn't dynamic. There was it, it was moving, but not every piece of the background was moving. It only moved like when it needed to. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely fair. This movie definitely has a very slow kind of um, just pace and overall tone to it. So a lot of just still images and a lot of the shots with the aliens are just like the talking heads having their little creepy meetings where they're having their little council discussions and there's like a thousand of them all sitting in there listening in. It's like, that's interesting. Yeah, that was what shocked me was, was this entire movie is kind of not a straightforward story, but you can actually see the narrative. Like I was, I was shocked. I thought people like every everybody, 
any any video I've I've seen, not seen, but at least like looked at their thumbnail. Any any thumbnail I've looked at, it 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 seems like they're totally whacked out by it, and they're like, oh, this must mean so much. And then it's just then again, I well at least that's my impression that I get if I looked at it. But dude, there's this is like a oh, I was to say straightforward story, but there's a narrative here, and maybe it's a little broken, but I it's pretty easy to follow. Yeah, in terms of a narrative, yeah, it's definitely pretty, like, straightforward. It's not, like, a completely surrealist piece in that way. It's more experimental, I would say, in terms of just... You don't see animated movies with this kind of pace, this kind of tone, this kind of just overall creepy atmosphere. <laughs> and just the boldness of making it in such, like, a, like just the way it looks. Like, it's, like, a, such an arresting quality to it. It almost has like a children's book quality to it too. I don't know if you feel that. Like yeah, there was. Yeah, I don't even keep going. Yeah, like me and Brianna, we like to pick up those you know colored children's books where a lot of the storytelling is done with images and there's like a couple of words on the page. When we just like going through those together, and something about the quality of the way this looks and a lot of the design choices for, you know, of course as we go through the world we see random little aliens and things. A lot of that stuff feels like it could be right out of those children's books. But then the tone of it's so disturbing. Like there's this one little moment where we see an egg hatch and there's like this tiny little guy hatches, this cute little guy. And a bigger alien comes over and starts licking him. And then suddenly he just licks him up and pulls him right into his mouth and eats him and walks away. And I was like, ooh, that was like something about that just disturbed me. But, <laughs> but it still it looks so cute. It looked like it could have been out of a children's book. So. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought that was the mom, but I also kind of knew what was going on with her. I was like, okay, they don't look the same. Maybe they sort of look... No, they don't look the same. I thought it was actually a similar creature. Like, the, the, the one out of the egg was a similar creature to uh, when, when they were, I guess, dueling, if that makes sense. Mm. Oof. Did not like that moment. Yikes. That's fucked up. <laughs> but I guess we'll get to some of that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we will, but just on your point, though, with with the children's book, yeah, I forget. There, Yeah, I remember back in, like, kid, jeez, these are memories that I haven't thought of in a while. Yeah, there was this book series, not a book series, but this was particularly either writer or artist who had a certain style. And, like, I would almost equate it to this, in a way. Mm. Also, I know what you mean with children's, but, like, this is, all, it's not the same art style, but you can almost see a similarity between, like, this and where the wild things are. Oh, yeah, definitely. I didn't think about that, but... yeah, Not the movie, but the, the actual, like, book. Yeah, I can definitely see the DNA there. But I don't remember what the authors... I don't even know, like, how to find this guy. I might, like, search him up some... This is not for this, this like, this commentary or this, this entry in our episodes, but... Golly, I gotta look this up. Because there was... This guy had some, anim, like, art artistry. And his art style just creeped me the heck out when I was a kid. Yeah, you know... I'm looking back at some of the where the wild things are. It's yeah, that's that's one of the closest things we've mentioned so far, in terms of the look of this movie. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I just I just randomly was like, oh yeah, there you go. Like the face of him is not the same. Again, I'm just thinking of like French artwork. This has to be like based off of some French artwork, and I'm obviously not good with my historical French uh, artistry. Oh, goodness gracious me! I just think, but yeah, that, that it's just bringing back some memories that I, I where I wouldn't even. There were books I didn't read because of just the images scared me. Mm. 
Yeah, and this would have been one of them. I mean, this would have totally been one of them. Imagine seeing this in a theater. Even if I was like, you know, like a twenty-year-old seeing this in the theater, I would have been very deeply disturbed by a lot of the imagery in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, you know, the, the, the drags—they're like humanoids, but it's obviously a non-Earth planet. Um, I I was shocked when I first heard them speaking French. I mean, I, I maybe I figured there was gonna be some French speaking in there, but I was like, oh my goodness, they're speaking French and they're actually like they have a society. I did not expect this to be like this. Wow. Hmm. I. I, I at first, so the images I saw, maybe the trailer, what I thought it was, was a group of humans who were, like, on a voyage across this fantastic planet, and this giant blue-figured creature, humanoid, the drag, was just hunting them around. Hmm. Like, like, stalking them, and they were just trying to, like, get to safety. Almost like Watership Down, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they're just getting from like destination A to B, and they have this constant force that's chasing them, and that's that's pu pu pushing the plot basically of them like to get to their destination. That's what I ultimately thought this movie was going to be. This is not what the movie like. I, I fully expected like I think midway through the film, and then like towards the end, I was like, is this the story of Adam and Eve, where like only Ter and his female compatriot like are the only two who like get off the planet. And then, like, land on another planet, and then that's that planet will be Earth, and we start civilization, and that's like, oh, hey, it's Earth. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Yeah, and then the mannequins at the end as well. I thought they were somehow going to inhabit them, and that's how they were going to like grow in size somehow. Like they were going to merge, fuse with them, and somehow they would like regain their well, not regain because there was humanoids. So I was like, oh, that's how they like become same sized. Nope didn't do that yeah it's even scarier to think that the humans are the same size as us and these drags are just these like yeah gigantic like mountain beings bigger than mountains i mean it's another there's another the, the other thing that comes to mind is there's a original twilight zone episode where these two astronauts go to a planet and turns out there's small people there and they treat these two astronauts as gods and like what is it? One of them like gets greedy and wants to become the god, like, like like bask in his god complex, and the other's like, no, let's not do that. And he kills the other guy, and then I guess like the god complex guy steps on the civilization. I'm like, goodness gracious, I haven't I, I haven't seen it, but I just read the synopsis because those kind of stories. That I'm just like, no thanks. And then um, at the end, there's apparently like another person that's like bigger than this god complex guy and squishes him or something. Like that. I don't freaking remember. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. And then what was the other one? Yeah, this reminds me of um, a, 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 a typical Twilight episode where it's like a, an alien civilization and a bunch of people get off of this planet and it turns out they're going to Earth. Yeah, were you surprised when they announced that these these ohms actually were humans from Earth? Uh, yeah, I was actually surprised by that. That That's the other way around where they already came from. They came from another planet. I was like, dang, I was not expecting this. I'm just watching some of these scenes here with uh, Tiva playing with her little her little child toy. Yeah. Where she dips him in the water, and he comes, like, he's eating his nice little food after she dumped it all over him. I love all the little bits of, like, kind of innocent cruelty that she does. Yeah. Where she doesn't really realize what it's doing to him, and she dips him in the water, then just, like, yanks his clothes off, and he has just this sad look as he's being held in her gigantic hands. Yeah. Something very, very arresting about those images, I think. Oh, it just feel it makes me feel disgraced. 
Like just like, <laughs> but it's, it's showing you cruelty right there. Not cruelty, but it's it's showing you the truth of like how we behave with other beings in a way that are like smaller than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just yeah, just treating him like he's a little toy. And I definitely have seen some people who treat their pets that way, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like, what's her name from Finding Nemo with the fish? Where she just, like, mm. shakes the bag and, like, kills the fish? It's like... That's another mm. film I, like... Part, at least that part. Not, I don't hate the whole movie, but, like, that, that part I don't like. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, it feels like it's for humor there. You know, you're, not, you're supposed to be like, oh, you know, she's playing with her fish. She doesn't really realize what she's doing. This one, I feel like the the purpose of, for it is more, you know, a little bit more thoughtful. It's supposed to be more insidious. Yeah, of course, because we're supposed to, you know, empathize with the human. Well, yeah, because we're the, we're we're the ohm in that case. Yeah. Oh, but I just got to another creepy ass scene. Oh boy. The whole movie is this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scene where uh, Tear escapes after that whole dunking scene, and he climbs up a, these gigantic stairs and goes to hide under like a couch. Oh, this scene. And then we pull out, and it's just three adults, and they look so creepy. I think it was four. <laughs> yeah, four, thank you. Is it when they're, like, shape-shifting or whatever they called it? I forget. I was like, oh, what's that term they used? Yeah, I think they say it's just like their imagination got away from them that day. That's what it was. Yeah, their imagination got away from that day. That's really cool scene. I was like, are they reforming themselves almost? Are they... I don't know what it was, but I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's also interesting because it looks like whatever these little black objects floating from the ceilings are is what changes their clothes for them. Because we see throughout the, the movie, they'll be walking around with like either clothes that are like fully clothed or these kind of like chopped up version of clothes. And whenever this little black thing touches them, the clothes change and then suddenly it turns into, yeah, like their organs are... We see their nervous system and everything and... Yeah, and poor little Tara's shocked, and I'm shocked. <laughs> like, it's all like, ooh, I don't want to see this. Yeah, one thing I remember they didn't really go into was, they sort of brushed upon it, but again, I'm not going to, like, throw them under the bus for that, because this is only, like, an hour, 20, 12 minutes, excuse me, so, like, animation yeah. takes a long time, so I, I get it why they got it. But, like, remember in when they're, like, trying to de-ohm the place, uh, the planet, I guess, <laughs> they, like, have all on leashes and gas masks on i'm like holy smokes talk about like, yeah that's disturbing yeah that was I, I thought they were gonna go somewhere with that they mention it like they mention it in a line of like um tamed ohm spies uh are reporting that the uh which drag are coming it's like dang i guess they sided with them eventually couldn't go against their brethren yeah and it it is disturbing when we see uh, Tiva playing with like her friends with their ohms and they're like oh yeah we're making our ohms fight they got like the two girls with their hairs tied together and they're just like attacking and yeah it was there's even that little bit when they try to make Tara fight and the other one because Tara doesn't want to fight he's just like I'm not participating in this like yep. this is absurd I'm intelligent the other one starts singing to like still try to entertain his his overlords and then Tara just gets pissed off and starts strangling him I was like, ooh, this, what a twisted little life for these tame ohms. <laughs> having to live like this. Yeah. Yeah. These are cautionary tales, I'll say that. <laughs> I remember when they were like, oh yeah, there's images from, from this, this planet that the ohm come from. I'm like, they, oh wow, a film exists from there, sweet. 
Oh yeah, and it, it looked like society was like destroyed there too. It almost looked like I'm gonna assume yes, yeah, society had long progressed after that, and they had only rescued the Ohm somehow for out of desperation, or the Ohm got on ship. Oh, but just just because I'm still watching these scenes when she, when he's a little kid, there's also that little scene where he tries to be playful with her when she's putting on her makeup. Yes, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna move this. I'm gonna put the wrong one for, her. and then she gets it. And he just smiles up at her like, haha, I tricked you. And then she blows it over him, and it's like this intense smoke, and he's like covering up his face, and like he looks all sad again. Yep. I was just like, oh, another moment of that like kind of innocent cruelty, like this poor little guy. <laughs> he thinks yeah. that he's like there's no real relationship there, even though he says that she loves him. Like it's not, it's not at all an even playing field of love, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, and that was another thing of like I thought, um, Tifa was it again or not? Not Tifa. Um. Uh, Tiva. Tiva, thank you. I thought Tiva was going to somehow factor in at the very end of the film. Nope. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess she just becomes a part of society and yeah, things move on. Yeah, her her dad still does, though. Her dad's still, like, involved, which is, I guess, okay. Because he's established early on, so he's there at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I'll say I, I thought it was a curious choice to have, like, the little kid version of them walking around with the... Uh, you know, topless just like the rest of them. But I guess, you know, it's an alien culture. I mean, maybe, maybe we shouldn't complain. Oh, that, yeah. I was forgot about that. I was like, for some reason, I kept thinking Tiva was a, a male the whole time. But yeah, then all of a sudden, we just see her chest there. I'm like, it was great. Also, when he said, when Terror was saying that Alder Terror, which, which by the way, kind of ruined the thing for me of like, okay, well, Terror's not going to die. So he's mm. he'll, he'll go through heck and high water and he'll be, I'm not going to say okay, but... He's, it's, it's, it's past, he's, 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 I think it's first person or whatever, so he's narrating the entire thing, so obviously he's okay at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, although, although by the end, I, I guess he's already been long dead, because we jump ahead, like, to whatever, so I guess he does die by the end of this, but. <laughs> yes, but not by, like, through adventuring or survival, yeah. but of old age, kind of like that, uh, that other home leader lady. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yep. Forgot about her with the giant. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot the name. So, by the way, her giant breasts like that make <laughs> me think again of um, the uh, the one you mentioned earlier, the last unicorn. Seeing that giant-breasted uh, lady in that, or is it a bird lady? I don't remember. Something very disturbing about that. <laughs> I've never seen last unicorn. I've just I just know about it. Oh, okay. But other than that, I just I'm like I have no idea. Um, but anyway, with Tiva, I, I, this is okay. Call this perverted, but like when he said, when when Tedder was saying she got older, I just assumed like she was gonna mature more. Nope, basically the same model. Yeah, I mean, it's also because he said like, oh, a week for the, the oh, dregs is a whole year for a human. That's I. So, you know, I retract my statement because I forgot about that. Yeah, so she she may have only aged like a year in the whole span of his uh growing so <laughs> that is correct but yeah uh where, where was i oh uh, because you mentioned about tear being older later you reminded me that little ohm that starts singing instead of fighting i thought it was curious that he looked older than the ohms that we'd seen with the other kids like it looked like maybe he had a number of years on them so he'd been more used to the kind of uh servile life of the the tame ohms so maybe he was one of the ones that they put out too <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> turning in Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Oh, but 
now I'm looking at this scene here when they're kind of, when all the crystals start showing up. And we haven't talked much about just the overall world of this movie. <laughs> but I think it's some beautiful design. How do you explain it exactly? Yeah, I don't know if you could. I, it's something that just needs to be watched. <laughs> but it's it's beautiful. I can't obviously immediately go to it's phallic looking. Like, I, I'm not going to go there. Maybe there's like some images you can say, like, is that suggestive? I think that's up to oh, yeah. per one's interpretation. <laughs> or maybe it's objective. There's a lot of that. That bird, when we get to the Ohm Society and that bird shows up and sticks his giant penis into the house and, you know, starts sucking them up and he's got the little tip at the end of his tongue thing. I'm like, why would he have that tip there? Unless that was for, uh, you know, shooting something out. So <laughs> This, uh, the rockets they use at the very end. Yeah, pretty phallic. Yeah. Start talking about some nuptial dance and then they're shooting these little beams over at the, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but except that was from the side, not from the top. That's fair. <laughs> it should have been from the top. But yeah, there's, it's a very unique looking world. And the movie at some point kind of turns pretty episodic when they're just like moving from place to place. And you see all these different little pieces of flavor for the world. Yeah. But it doesn't bother me because I just, I'm always impressed in how pretty and unique things are. Like there's this one weird little moment when we cut to this kind of he almost looks like a giant mushroom guy he's kind of flat and he's like in a little it looks like a cage but it's a plant oh that guy yeah I remember him in these little flies that look like they're wearing like a little i don't know like a rough ruffle or something around their neck they flutter over to him and he grabs them shakes them around to kill him and then just throws them on the ground and laughs and we see all these dead ones on the Jeez. ground doesn't even do anything just yeah, he's like a sea anemone but like uh, alive almost well okay seeing enemies are alive but like more conscious and with eyes yeah and he's just amused by killing this lesser thing than him which again is, is part of the theme here but there's something just disturbing about that little moment too or it's just like ooh, i don't want to see all their little corpses down there you probably already touched on it but what what do you think the message slash theme is of this movie or is there one i think the overall overall message it, it's kind of funny we haven't talked about this either but uh i think the book came out around the same time as uh Pure Bulls, Planet of the Apes. And I feel like both of them have that same theme. Like, if you really look around, you know, humans, the way we treat animals, like, the level of, a level of cruelty would be absolutely shocking if anything did that to us. But of course, since we're humans, we're the superior ones. Like, of course, we can inflict that on others, but we don't think about how it would affect ourselves. So I think that's what this is all about. I mean, I think it makes it pretty clear. I don't know if there's. I'm sure there's moments that mean a little bit more, but I think the overall message they kind of wear in their chest. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know how you would take, like, feminist theory or leftist theory or rightist theory or LGBTQ theory and put it on here. I, don't, I, have, I have no idea how that would all work. I think plenty of people have analyzed this film and wrote, written papers on it and discussed it in film schools. I'm assuming, I don't know if we're, we're bringing anything new to the table here. Yeah, but who, what, what's new to bring to the table? I'm sure this film's been discussed for... I mean, it came out in, what, 71? 72? 73. So it's almost it's almost 50 years old. It's 49 years old. Yeah, I'm sure in, Fran in uh, France they've done tons and tons of uh, crit critiques on this thing. I'm sure it's... <laughs> I've got the sense, at least, it's like a cult classic. And, of course, Criterion released it. I'm sure they have commentaries and interviews discussing the importance of it or whatever. But... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure we won't add too much, but you know our our personal opinions, 
some people might be interested. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's who knows. Uh, yeah, with the ice crystals there, I thought is that frost? Is that supposed to be like frost? Well, there's an interesting thing about this whole world where a lot of it seems like it's just influenced by the the drags. So it almost seems like, yeah, maybe those are a type of frost, but ones that they can manipulate. Like, it almost seems like she purposely traps him in it. I don't remember. Did she trap him in it? I don't remember that. Yeah, he starts walking, and then suddenly one of them appears at his feet, and then she comes over, and her huge head's lingering over him, and then suddenly they build up until they're, like, almost to his neck, and then she makes a whistle sound, and they all burst. Oh, maybe I missed that. Maybe that part wasn't in my uh, version. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and just just the, the fact that we've seen so many little bits of her torment... Like when she's chasing him around with the the rain cloud. Oh, so it almost seems like they have like complete control of this world at this point. Yeah, I forgot about that. Ah, so you're saying that like Godzilla um, Earth, or yeah, Godzilla Earth, <laughs> they've basically made this planet reflect their own nature. Yeah, it, it, it seems that way. Fascinating. But we again, we don't get too much detail about a lot of that stuff. I mean, maybe they say it all in the... Uh, the headset lessons but some of that stuff i just kind of droned out on <laughs> i yeah i tried paying attention because i was thinking like okay so since this is a movie i wonder if like setup and payoff exists here probably not but i'm gonna still like try and notice if it is and i i guess some of it was useful and setups for going onto the planet like when at the very end and oh yeah like how to make certain materials like rockets and basically the fact that they made a shrinking ray and that none of the it, yeah it turns out that none of the drag can fly so all all it is is that they had to miniaturize their 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 machineries and they could fly well I, I, unless you consider their meditation flying in a way it is, but it's still leaving their well they're still leaving their bodies there vulnerable. That was another thing I thought was going to happen was like. They're all going to go for, like, a mass meditation, and all the Ohm are going to come in and somehow, like, turn. Like, they would have their own formula of uh, the, I guess, like, yeah, de-Ohm agent or anti-Ohm agent, and, like, either kill them or just slaughter them with, like, knives and stuff. Damn, that would have been disturbing to see. <laughs> it probably would have. Even the little Gulliver's uh, killing scene. Something about that one disturbed me too. Just seeing him dead there and all the bodies around him. It's like, ooh. Well, I mean, I didn't like the fact that he stepped on a few of them. I was like, oh boy, this brings back some. Uh, this is this is too real for me. Oh yeah, especially. Well, we'll we'll save that. Maybe we should turn the, the conversation to the uh, once he escapes and gets to the wild ohms. Agreed. Then we can get to them. So yeah, their little society is is interesting. They're the. What, what do you think of some of that stuff? Actually, the entire last bit reminded me of Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Sort of. Sort of. Just with the fact that how the rats makes... Like, we already... That's already been established in that movie where, like, we see the rats have a society and with their technology. In this, the... It's... it. Yes, they are... They already have a society and they're wild, they're quotes, but still, like, I guess... They become intelligent. It, it's weird. They have a society and then we see them gain intelligence with the use of the headset or the headphones, excuse me. And then they eventually like create their own technology, which is fascinating. Yeah. And I guess there's a little bit of social commentary there about, you know, kind of the dangers of wild religion or superstition, I should say. 
So that guy's like, oh, we need to stick to the, the teachings of the wild planet. We can't believe any of this this drag technology. It's all evil. We need to, uh, that's when they have their creepy little uh, trial by beast combat. <laughs> Which is quite disturbing. Like, their arms are tied up there, and they just have this poor little creature that they're using to, like, fight each other. And even when he wins, they still kill the creature that was he was using. I was like, yeah, fuck. that was <laughs> something else. Yeah, it's so funny. That's touched upon, or that's brought up quickly, and then it's like, imme not immediately, but eventually it's just, like, not expanded upon. Like, they just, they move on to the next thing. I'm like, wow, in any normal movie nowadays, they would that would be, like, a part of the movie. That would that would be a big part of the story. Yeah, that, yeah, I was totally expecting that wizard guy to, like, come back in the end and try to sabotage the rocket. But now he's just, okay, I lost. I guess it's time to accept the change. <laughs> I mean, I guess that also just shows you how, like, ma malleable our psyche can be sometimes when it comes to following the leader or, you know, the strongest air quotes. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting that they, you know, the ohms are basically repeating the same mistake. They're just using these animals for their, they don't even think about their feelings or what they're doing to them. They just use them as, like, throwaway objects. Yep. Just the same way they're treated. Cycle of violence. Yep. Cycle of violence, absolutely. But yeah, and then, I mean, we also have the other side of it. Like, there's the, uh, do you remember what they're called? The other I, group? I don't. Something hooks or something? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't fully remember. Yeah, and a little bit more of a matriarchal group led by that old lady. Yeah, they're more wild than we are. <laughs> oh, by the way, was this park like a theme park? Yeah, they said it was an amusement park. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. I thought, I was also half expecting them to, like, be in other rides and we were going to see other rides i mean i guess we saw some of the rides but i was like i thought we would see more weird ones but to no extent yeah i mean we get that whole weird sex sequence where uh yeah the wizard's handing out some like viagra glowing viagra rocks <laughs> and the girls like they climb into this giant ohm skull or i guess it's not a real skull it's probably just like a plastic thing uh, it could be both and they like hide it they climb in the eyes and strip and like the sultry music's playing i was like oh dear like what is this scene yeah it was funny right when the sultry music started i, I was like oh i think i know where this is going <laughs> and they never returned to it I, I don't know what the i guess it was just their sex ritual it wasn't quite nordy but a big lipped alligator moment yeah i was like okay sign me up i guess i mean we got to contraceptive but hopefully <laughs> But yeah, I'm not sure if I have, now that we're talking about it, I'm not sure if I have too much to say about the Elm Society. I thought I would have more, but... <laughs> yeah, you wish there was, if, 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 fair enough. Um, I guess you, you brought it up and I was going to talk about it. I would honestly love to have this movie's soundtrack. Mm, yeah, it's great. Did you notice when the frost crystals came to be in that scene, that when they whistled, they I think they were whistling the previous theme or one of the riffs that they had done in the background i heard it, i was like wait a minute they're whistling some of the soundtrack that's kind of cool that is cool yeah i like that that was, was kind of nice but again criterion please i it's probably impossible and you guys go to so many lengths to do so anyways but even if it's separate i don't i don't i don't care i'd love for you guys to open like a soundtrack um label almost where maybe not label, but where you get the label, the soundtrack rights from these other companies, from these previous movies that you've released, and release them because that would be really cool. Yeah, no, it's an awesome soundtrack. I'd love to have it. 
absolutely. Uh, very, yeah, very 70s sounding. Um, what is it reminding me of? Not Robin Hood's. <laughs> Certainly not. Some, there was some, some Bruce Lee movies kind of had that guitar riff. Uh, hmm. What was another 70s movie that we watched? I don't know if there was any Godzilla stuff. I was like, yeah, that's kind of like this. <laughs> well, good use of sound as well. I like the folly. Um, every single hmm. like drag instrument slash machine had a really unique sound to it. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm watching I'm watching that scene where the they have the two people fighting. And just in the background there's like fully naked women all over the place, but all the men are fully dressed. Like what's going on there? <laughs> That's just a French thing. That's just yeah. a, or <laughs> or a European practice not practice, but a, a European mannerism. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know if it's fully fair. That's 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 per that's per personal judgment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we get to the the whole deoming sequence. Yes. Yeah, we've had we've seen lots of little political discussions, which I like all those scenes when we like we see like the Titan Trons with the, <laughs> the, the giant. That shocked me. I was like, "What? They have a Titan Tron here?" <laughs> that's how like that's how almost mainstream this movie is. They have a Titan Tron. But I guess if you're gonna like talk to the audience, I I just assume they were gonna broadcast it through everybody's mind. Yeah, that that's fair. That is that is fair. Hmm. But I like those scenes because every time they they're talking, they're having like their like kind of creepy debates. It like echoes, so you can tell that it's being spread to somewhere else even before we see it. So that that was, and it's just interesting to think that that's how their society does it. Like they have this creepy little council, and they all just listen in. Something interesting about that. <laughs> Yeah, just open. Uh, is it an open debate? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to know what the, the structure of power is with them, but maybe we need that here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But either we, either way, we see they all decide. Okay, these ohms, we need to you know at least get to the next cycle and do another deoming, and that's a really creepy scene too. They're coming in there. They're marching like you mentioned. Yeah, they have their creepy little like sniffers going around leading the pack. And then these giant just uh, discs that go out and just kill everyone. Little Gathney. Yeah, the lifesavers slash mentos slash mints slash whatever you want to call it. Droplets. Um, rockets. Um, I don't know. I don't know what other candies I can think of. But yeah, those, those just, just any little like, you know, disc shaped capsule tablets. Yeah. And, and for Tear, did he go to, to like purposely try to warn that other group? Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm going to assume, like, either the movie told them to or they're just like, hey, we need to see, like, we need, we need to establish both tribes are going to unite at some point. So he's going to go over there and try to make peace with them. Yeah, because, of course, they marked off the thing for, because they don't think the ohms can read. They mark it off for, okay, this is a site that needs to be de-ohmed. And because he could read it, he realizes the problem. But, yeah, that, that there's something really creepy about that scene, just watching them all just suffocate and die in the ohms. Um, trying to run away, but there's these huge discs flying. Something, something about that just disturbed me too. A lot of this is. <laughs> I, I don't know if it. Okay, maybe I'm reading too much on this, and maybe people have realized that. But I don't know how many animators or people who worked in this were Jewish. But I wonder if that scene was analogous to um, the gas chambers of World War Two. That you saying that actually reminds me of something I looked up. Um, when I first watched this, it's, it's random that this is coming back to mind. But I did look up that Roland uh, Topor was Jewish. 
and his dad was actually in the, the camps. Uh, and there was a neighbor of theirs in their apartment building who turned them in, and uh, they, like, sued them, sued her to get all their stuff back. She took all their stuff after they went to the camps. Yep. But uh, Roland um, got put into a family and had, like, a fake name. And I don't remember all the details of it, but I remember that they did sue her when they came back and got their stuff back. Hopefully they did get their stuff back. (laughs) Imagine having to go to court with that person. Like, you motherfucker, like, you're just a complete piece of trash. Like, you deserve a lot more than just getting our stuff back. Like, you should be locked up in prison. Like, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's, uh... Those were the, you know, that's, uh, that's disgusting, all right. Yeah, I didn't think about it until, yeah, now that we're talking about it, but yeah, that gassing scene definitely could have been a reference to, uh, yeah, those gassings. Yikes. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking out loud here, like, it could mean something else. It could be pollution, it could mean something environmental, I have no idea, but that's just the immediate thing that I go to with that. What do you do that, sir? I don't know, just because, you know, even... Even seeing the traitorous ohms that are on the side of the uh, the drags now that are now that I'm looking at these images again. Okay. They're just like these people on leashes being led. Oh yeah, it's ooh yeah, this is getting even worse. And the drags, there are these beings who like stand above all the other ohms. You could say like they're the perfect race in a way with their minds. Yeah, I'm not going any yeah, further. It's a yeah, it's a really horrific scene. There's even this little scene where they try to escape in a hole, and then you just see the gas thing fall into the hole, and then they try to escape. Yeah, I was like, oh boy, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 is there such, okay, this is stupid, but is there such a thing called, like, Nazi theory? That sounds, that sounds stupid. I don't know. But but you know what I mean, right? Where, like, not, you apply Nazism to it, but it's like, oh, what's the, what would the word be? Pardon me for saying that, I don't want to trigger anybody here, but, like. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you would take, I guess, Nazi ideals and you'd apply it to somebody in the film and see if it matches up. But again, that doesn't mean it's off. Like it, it, It's directly that. Yeah, I'm not sure if there is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we just haven't heard of it. You know, if you if you went to if you went to film school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we see, you know, Terry, he, he hooks up with that chick again and the rest of the humans. And that's when we get that scene we've mentioned a couple times here which is a very impactful scene where it's just two random drags walking on the street taking like i said their little morning stroll and then they just start talking about they're like oh it looks like this place is being deomed that's good those wild ohms like they're disgusting they they're all they're, they're so dirty and all they do is steal we really should just eradicate them it's a pretty ugly little little moment and we cut to the ohms looking up and listening to this like horrific dis- discussion of how they're like basically these u- inhuman, just pests. Like, ooh, something about that really put me off too. Well, see my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they just happen to look down. They're like, "Oh, look, a whole colony. Let's kill them." <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> see, I thought they were. I didn't think they were going for a stroll. I just thought they were from. Uh, they were like guys taking a break from the deoming. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, they could have been. I I took it as just people walking down the street together, going out for a little. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they could have been part of the deoming. See, had what would have happened if um, the Tiva was one of those people instead, and was the one that they killed? Hmm, that could have been more impactful. That would have been something else, and that could have given her dad even more reason to um, kill them all. Not yep. that he wasn't going to do anyways, but just like. 
And I like, uh, I like when, when the one gets pulled down. He looks so shocked, like he would have never expected this to happen. They pulled him down quickly. I mean, maybe they had to give the ohm something. But, like, they pulled him down quickly. Holy crap. Yeah, well, we never see the, uh, the drags as looking particularly powerful. Like, they're not muscular in any way. And we never see them act violently. They only use, like, just technology to do their... That is the truth. You're, you're right on that. So maybe maybe they, he just wasn't expecting any sort of resistance, and then next thing you know, killed. <laughs> yeah, they're all mine, no muscle. But either way, yeah, definitely another disturbing scene to... Uh, yeah, definitely a horror movie in its way. <laughs> maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. It's kind of a light horror, though, I'd say. Like, well, okay, it's surreal horror, I'll call that, where there's, there's horror moments, but it's in a surreal way. Just with this art style, at least. Yeah, but but still more unsettling than something like a like a Friday the Thirteenth or something like that because it really has more kind of real world applications to it. Yeah, that's true. If you look at this as a metaphor and an allegory. Yeah, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about what you said earlier, after that scene we get kind of an exodus where they're all traveling together and we see like the one leading the group, like the old woman with her big uh, staff kind of leading them. She's got her like kind of like a beard, <laughs> just her <laughs> yes just her giant hair and. Kind of Moses like. You know what's so funny when you said like they 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 they're going like with a with a staff. I thought they had like they were going to like a yellow sea. I'm like, all right, how are they gonna cross this? And it's just a <laughs> conveyor belt. I'm like, what? Not conveyor belt. What do you call it? whatever whatever that thing's called? But like, I was just shocked. I was like, they have that on this planet. Is that automated or is that like natural? You know what? Doesn't really matter. <laughs> Movie's almost over. Yeah, I guess maybe they're more. Yeah, looking to get off the planet before, and then they just gave up when they realized they could do this whole mind thing. So, but, but yeah, like like you said, the movie's almost over, and then this is when it starts to kind of lose me a little bit, to be honest. I figured. Yeah, and the whole movie's been like definitely like a real kind of science fiction piece, and of course now we have to go into space and build our little rocket, and the ohms are acting like they've been like working in NASA for like fifteen years. Well, I guess it has been 15 years, if you think about it. Yeah, it could be. As you mentioned earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know what to say about this climax. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned in my my little summary that I thought some of this was absurd. but. <laughs> <laughs> or as I said uh, in the beginning, just... Yeah, this felt very rushed. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's... Okay, let's go. So, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I didn't like any of the ending. It's just like, it just felt terribly rushed. Like you could have spent more time, as much time as you did when you were exploring the scenery beforehand. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there was one cool thing that, that, that I remember. Um, I like when they try to de-omen them again and they just have that thing that like lays down poison. Oh yeah. It sprays his little poison discs. I thought that stuff was pretty cool imagery wise. Yeah, it's, and it was even more haunting, I'd say. Because it's it's the hopefully they they don't get caught, whereas they mm -hmm. get caught and so there's pandemonium and that's the scary part. But like this one ramped up the tension because yeah they have these little drones and they go around and like spray, you know whatever you want to call it white stuff, and you're just like with those early warning systems I assume they were able to all get into like bomb shelters basically and this time they mm -hmm. hid. And nobody found them. So that's the other thing. I was surprised that they were just having drones do the work and not themselves. But I guess that just goes to show you what kind of civilization they are. 
Yep, yep, completely reliant on their technology at this point. Yeah, and again, it makes me think of how people just lay poison for the rats. Oh, like, yes. Uh, we, we don't want to go to the effort of actually exterminating them. Let's just lay out these little traps, and if they walk into the poison, they'll tra trail it back to their homes, and they'll poison the whole colony. So very, very similar kind of uh, traps, I would think. Yikes. Yeah, maybe that's the other allegory. <laughs> the, there was a, one of the directors or one of the people had a rat problem, and they were like, all right, I got, I got a bone to pick here. <laughs> I'm putting this in the movie. Yeah, and I don't know if, you're, if you've ever had a rat infestation in your house, but I lived on a campground that had them. Uh, my, my parents ran a campground for a little while, and the rat traps that they would use were just some of the cruelest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, there's the traps where you go in, and they're trapped in there, and they starve to death. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's something else. Is it, is it the, the glue on the ground? Or the adhesive on the ground? The glue on the ground is the most the most disturbing and sickening trap. I, I can't believe those aren't banned. If you've ever seen what rats do to themselves to get out of those traps, they break their bones, they tear their skin apart. It's just unbelievably horrific it would be no different than us i swear to you i think we would do the same thing to get out of like what imagine us yeah. getting in a bear trap and that's happened i've seen legs trapped on where the rat tore its leg off to escape all that was left was the leg or tail tails they can grow back but they can't grow back their fucking leg nope no they can't yeah it's and of course people don't care about the humane qualities they're like oh they're just a pest just uh fuck them vermin they say things like, they don't feel pain like we do. When they tear off their own leg, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Let me take a shotgun to their leg and then take a shotgun to your leg and see what the difference is. Oh, wait, there's none. They're both in pain and agony. Yeah, my parents used to tell me that when I was a kid. Oh, they don't feel pain the same way we do. It's all, it's okay. No, no, then I had no, five no. pet rats. <laughs> They're very, very sweet, very emotionally kind of... Um, I mean, one of them, uh, she'd been together with her kind of sister her whole life. When the sister died, she just became completely depressed, sluggish, didn't do anything, and then eventually died a couple months later. Her whole demeanor changed once her kind of companion died. So yeah. tell me that they don't feel anything, fuckers. <laughs> but anyway. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, you're going you're gonna to hate me, but I guess I don't know if it's the humane thing to do. Well, first off, we're still not over the fact that uh, they gave us the Black Death. I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> sure. Well, that in in modern times they more uh, uh, put that down to fleas and cockroaches. Yeah, no, it was the stupid fleas, which I have a bigger problem with, and sh those should be exterminated, uh, even though they probably shouldn't. But still, uh -huh. th that and lice. Um, but it was also the microbacteria that were on the fleas that then bit the rats that gave them the poison and then spread it across your ear. But anyway. Wherever, um, maybe the well, uh, no, because you, you'll you'll disagree with me on this one. Cats? Uh, oh, you mean like in in like creating cats, like the domesticated version of them and breeding them? And well, as as a way of of controlling the rat population. Oh yeah, cats are cruel motherfuckers. Yeah, cruel fair. motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, having a cat. Yeah, you're you're kind of right on that. But it certainly does reduce. It. It, it does help if you have a rat problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's still for your upkeep. You should be upkeeping your house that way. <laughs> but nobody has time for that. But even a cat, even a cat at most will probably play with the rat for like two hours or so. 
those giant boxes that you buy where the rat goes in one end and stuck and can't get out. Oh, I've seen those everywhere. It's disgusting. When you pull them out, they they look like they starve to death. I mean, they look emaciated. Some of them, some of them, I think, die just like from like the fright of not. Of being oh, trapped. yeah, fair enough. But some of them starve to death in there. Or sometimes you get two rats that both got trapped in there, and they'll fight and kill each other. One will eat the other one, and oh, it's golly. horrific. It's completely horrific. So if we apply rat theory to this movie, <laughs> that's that's this movie's about. It's about the cruelty we we do to animals and oh, how we golly. view them as lesser, and how these are treatments like this whole poison one brought this whole thing out to me because it was just a big thing in my childhood of seeing the rats the way that they would be treated by my, my parents in their traps. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I've only ever seen like one rat ever be caught by a mousetrap. Yeah, like the broken spine. And the rust. Not really. Well, yeah. Imagine a human getting in that. That's that's going to be ugly. Yeah, at least the broken spine is a relatively quick death because they suffocate. Not only does it break their spines, but it crushes them in a way where they can't get enough oxygen, so they'll die in a, like maybe like 20 minutes to like 40 minutes so that's yeah. more humane but you know it's it's the fact that those other ones are legal like poison traps or stick traps well yeah it's heck i just realized another thing is world war one with the mustard gas yeah and yeah hum, humans have made it illegal to do germ warfare and that kind of stuff with yep. i guess gas doesn't count but I don't know what the legality is with that anymore. Well, there's chemical weaponry and there's biological weaponry. So both, because germs are the biological side. Mustard gas is considered chemical, I believe. Yeah, and I guess chemical warfare, I, I think, is like banned from the UN. And it's a yeah, the UN bans that. I think they also ban biological warfare, duh, and nuclear <laughs> warfare. So basically, all okay. the warfares. They haven't they haven't gotten mental and psychological warfare yet down. I think. <laughs> So again, things that they would never use on humans. Of course, they would use wantonly on animals because they just don't go. Oh far. yeah, because you know we're 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 not we're not animals. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know how basic we are sometimes. Oh yes. <laughs> and again, maybe that move. Maybe this movie's commenting on that a little bit. How we like repeat the same mistakes as the drags and. Well, yeah, I mean, I just assume this whole movie is a mirror to us of like. Yeah, there's yeah. the humans, but there's the uh, there's or there's the ohm, and then there's the drags. We're we're one and the same. Yeah, we're both exactly, absolutely. Because they look at both the drags and their society, and then they like focus on the ohm as well and their societies. And it's like, oh, it really is just us. I mean, I'm gonna assume that the message at the end is, hey, look, here comes the drags. They go on these models and they like animate them and they dance, like hint hint like there's the obvious symbolism i guess of like the the drag are us oh okay okay that's that makes sense maybe, maybe i don't know i'm throwing it out there yeah i mean they're they're on top of the human shape the mannequins yep um again i'm still not sure about all the details of it but that i could definitely see that yeah. maybe that's it i mean it's stupidly obvious for well okay how obvious was that to for us to get to that conclusion <laughs> yeah i don't know about i don't know if anything of that's obvious i think it's all fucking weird <laughs> in the weird yeah it's all dance. metaphor you, you really have to, i don't know if i'm reaching anything but you really gotta like look at this movie for you somebody spent like i don't know like tw 10 years on this film and was figuring out that and you and i just figured it out and like what are we at right now 
An hour 26? So, past, like, already past the movie in itself, the time length. But then, once you get into the stuff, like, they're apparently using these to communicate with, like, an alien body. Like, where does... Or alien uh, species, like, where does that... Like, how do... What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> is it just a piece of science fiction? Oh, it's for the sequel. That's for the parallel sequel, where we, like, see what was going on the entire time uh, in that movie. Yeah, and of course, because it's based on a book, a lot of this stuff could have more meaning, and they just kind of, you know, just kind of uh, boiled it down to cool animation and kind of surrealist ideas a little bit. Or this is the best version of Cats Will Ever See. Oh, jeez, right? <laughs> I'd honestly love to see Cats, even if it was 3D animated, I think it probably would have looked better. Yeah, that's fair. Would have been a lot better. I never even saw it, but like... As long as it wasn't by illumination, that's that's all I'm saying. Uh, so, what, what were we talking about there? Uh, kind of the end, where we just realized what the ending was about. Yeah. And it was all about this, that it's just a whole mirror, like... Because you already mentioned the theme, so then I just realized what the ending was. Or we're both dead, so, you know, it's mir mirror, hold up to a mirror, like, where are the monsters here? Yep, definitely. No doubt. <laughs> And again, Planet of the Apes had a very similar kind of message, and I guess kind of a similar type of allegory, too. Just not quite the same plot, but... Hmm, yeah. Okay, gun to my head. Which one do I watch first? I think I'd say Planet of the Apes, even though I like animation. Yeah. That one... I don't know, that one... First off, they do a really good job with, like, the ape makeup. Like, all the costumes and, and effects for the apes in that film, like, gorgeous. Yep, wonderful story. Um, both of them, I think, have a really fleshed-out world, but I feel like Planet of the Apes maybe fleshes out a little bit better. Not only that, I don't think Planet Like Apes rushes the ending. No, perfect ending. Lands it just so well. Yeah, especially especially the lines he says at the very end. Yeah, and then he's just sitting there, and then you just hear the waves as you look at the image. They just hold for a really long time in that moment. And Actually, it's not even that. The fact that that movie ends in tragedy, this movie doesn't end in tragedy it's a hopeful ending it's a it's a hopeful message at the very end yeah is it which maybe is what it needs that's the question yeah maybe it was too grim because this is definitely more grim than planet of the apes like it's that's the, that, okay yeah let's talk about that did it earn that it's happy ending no it's i don't even understand the ending like it's like oh the 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 drags you know they're happy now they're learning from the ohm and the ohm i guess are happy to like, teach them <laughs> The yeah, should be like, fuck around. you, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, we're just gonna kill you. Like, did the... Cause, so, so they destroy the bodies. Uh, did they go blind? It seemed like they were maybe... Like, their minds were separated from their body, and they were just, like, stumbling around in, like, kind of like a coma state. They but... were all lost, basically. Their, their minds were scattered. Um, yeah. Certain... Power, superpowers kind of display that where like oh you're like astral projection if somebody like kills your body um your your spirit's like just trapped in ether or the astral plane mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's what could have happened i thought they just went blind so i'm like yeah. but yeah i see what you mean oh they almost evolved in that sense yes maybe they needed the ohm to teach them how to i it, again yeah it's not a good ending it's where it's where it's almost a reverse where reverse of fortune where all the conveniently all the the drag um, had their minds separated and then all the ohm at least on that planet 
uh, all the ohm were knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than they were, and they didn't separate their minds, and they kept their minds to themselves. And so it was a reverse of fortune, and thus to make a quick ceasefire, I assume it was um, uh, Tiva's dad, kind of like come, came to the conclusion that, hey, we should work together. I thought I thought the humans, the oh, I'm sorry, started swarm like the ones that remained on the planet, started swarming to the, where the Colosseum was to like start gutting everybody. Oh, I, that's interesting. I don't remember that. Curious. Hmm. But it was, I think it was just a bunch oh, of. Yeah, it was just the yeah, just them stumbling around and like ignorance. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a bunch of the drags stumbling around, and I was hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have anything to say. Just <laughs> <laughs> say, just like, yeah, no, that 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 probably is the case. Who knows? Yeah, see, it just seems like, like the case. Yeah, like, did, did the movie want to have a happy ending? I feel like it needed to be longer to have a happy ending like that. Yeah, and again, I don't even know how happy the ending was. It was just like a weird, like, we have to end the movie now. <laughs> we ran out of money. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, wow. It's sort of, it's it very much is similar to uh, Quest for the Holy Grail. You know, maybe maybe I have a explanation for it actually. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Maybe their point was the exploitation can only go for so long before it kind of upends things and things need to change. And then we get the ending when we see like the kid, the next generation growing up, learning about how the Ohm have their existence and the dregs have their existence and they live in harmony now. Maybe that was their point, like I mean, there's the visual representation of how that drag uh had a like pet and you saw how they were stroking them and it mm -hmm. was much kinder to the creature than what it was doing to the ohm so maybe that's something where like they learn to respect smaller beings than themselves i guess yeah and you know now i'm now i'm just watching these scenes of right before they they make their rocket to escape. And we see that the uh, dregs have developed even more ways of executing them. Like, they have the vacuums and just... Yes. Like, all these different things going around. It's basically like a mass, like, genocide. Yeah. And then, on the other end, the, the ohms create, like, a sort of genocide for the dregs, too. So, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like, oh, if, <laughs> if we keep going this way, things are going to reach a fever pitch. Or is it, once again, do I have to go to the next... <laughs> I've... I mentioned two wars. Do I have to go to the third one? I'm Korea? No, not that one. Vietnam? No, the Cold War. Do I have to mention the fact that it's like nuclear armaments? It's like both sides are killing each other. Yeah, mutually assured destruction. Yes. Is that the point at the end? And Yeah. <sighs> okay. So again, maybe sure. a little more complicated than we initially... Uh initially thought but i've given th <laughs> we've given three ideas here so it could be any of them yeah. <laughs> could be still didn't ex explain the the nuptials with the aliens and the the sex dance but <laughs> yeah i i mean uh, yeah i yeah the the ohm just ran away and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah what up doesn't ruin the movie yeah. just but uh weird it helps that the whole movie up to this point was freaking weird too, but this especially feels like, well, okay, I don't know where I am. <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know if I want to be in here. Yeah, you know, it feels like a piece of uh, strange animation. There you go. 
But are we at final thoughts? Or uh, I'm not sure. If... I think we're calling it. Yeah, let's let's call it. So final thoughts. Sure. Um, where can people watch this, sir? First, I think we forgot to mention. Um, you can pick up the Criterion Blu-ray, or you could watch it on the Criterion channel, like I'm doing, or you could rent it on YouTube, or I guess I guess you said you watched it kind of for free on YouTube, but it wasn't the complete version. Yeah, it was on the. Uh, it was, as soon as I say this, people are gonna like find it and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna turn this down." <laughs> I found it on. I I. Oh, that's not the right one. I. Again, I just typed it in on the internet to see if you know I could have found it by other means. If you know what I mean. Oh man, I'm watching these naked uh, statues dance, and they have those little dimples, you know, right above the butt there. Oh God, yeah, I those little dimples. I always think those are way hot. Those, yeah, that actually was. I was, I was, I was enamored by those, especially the male ones. I was like, wow, that's yeah. Those, I didn't expect those to those be there. Dimples do things to me. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Anyway. Oh, the booze is getting to me now. Uh, Desert Drive-in Theater. That's what I uh, watched it on. Five hundred twenty-five or fifty. 52 yeah 52k views and it was only put up eight months ago surprisingly oh everybody check that out for it disappears yeah okay that's it yeah so um yeah do you have to pay for criterion uh not store what's it called uh, the channel yeah it's like uh like 12 bucks a month hmm fair enough and then I think every release that's out on like Blu-ray or anything like that is available on the Criterion channel, plus a million other things. Really great selection, the Criterion channel, one of the best streaming services. But I don't get it every month. I I only every time I get it, I immediately cancel it because I'll be like, okay, I'll make a list for this month, but I just don't use streaming services enough to justify having it all all year long. So <laughs> that's fair. With final thoughts. Do you want me to start, or did you want to... Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, so, like I said, this is the whole reason I started this little uh, little series. Um, I was absolutely just stunned by how amazing it looks. And, again, that's one of the reasons I made the thing. It's because I was like, I want to find more animation that looks... Maybe not identical to this, but something that's going to like carry me away to a different world the same way this does. I really do think that it's got a fantastic kind of... Um, Ah, maybe not world building because I don't really get a good sense of what the world is, but it's got a beautiful just landscape to it. The story is relatively interesting for a sci-fi kind of allegory story. It doesn't fully come together, at least on my second viewing, it fully it doesn't fully. Some of it still feels a little lost in surrealism, but but I can still get into it enough that I I super enjoy it. I will say though, it has a little bit of a kind of episodic to it it feels like something that i could tune in almost at any point and, and enjoy it just as much as i would as watching all the way through so so maybe maybe that's a little bit of a weakness for it that it doesn't feel like it has a super kind of um consistent pace to it or anything like that but it's still a, a quality film definitely recommend it i will uh i'll say once again to every animator pers- production post-production person that worked on this film thank you for your time i hope there wasn't any crunch uh, maybe there was some uh things you had pragmatic pragmatic decisions you had to do to get this film out there i i don't know but thank you for you know making this film uh, i appreciate it and i i do really hope that a lot more people can watch this maybe everybody has i don't know <laughs> 
And I don't know if there's... Uh, would I be interested in watching the other directors? Or, yeah. No, I think I'd want to see anything else that these guys have made. Um, I'm certainly flipping my spine feeling, I'm feeling it. And uh, we'll give it a recommendation. Maybe not a strong recommendation, but uh, a, a solid recommendation. And mm. that uh, flying monster, anteater monster with the long tongue still is freaky. Freaky, yes. That's one of the, yeah, definitely disturbing moment when that happens. That is not fantastic. Yeah, it just comes out of nowhere like, oh my god, a giant penis entered the scene and now it's grabbing people. Like, what the fuck is this? And it just makes this weird moaning sound as well. I'm like, what the heck is this all about? Ugh. Yeah, and I, I mentioned earlier that there was this uh, animated short uh, called Asparagus, uh, directed by Suzanne Pitt. Yeah, that also had a lot of weird penis imagery that I found really <laughs> uncomfortable. So, like someone, like it starts with like this woman sitting on a toilet and like shitting out an asparagus that looks like a penis and... It just gets crazy from there. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope that's animated and not real, or else I'd be like, okay, that's not something advertising. Yeah, Suzanne Pitt's a yeah, kind of a famous surrealist animator. So definitely check out her work. Really interesting. But would you recommend this? Uh, would, you, would you recommend this with uh, some additives? Oh, with some additional uh, mind-altering substances? Absolutely. Potentially, that uh, makes you look at things differently. Not mushrooms. Please don't take mushrooms and watch this movie. I do not endorse that. That'd be a terrible trip. But, yeah. but some weed? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Fully endorsed on the podcast by me. <laughs> I would certainly not recommend eating while watching this film. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. But, but yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Hopefully you'll all come along and watch Angel's Egg with us. Very excited to revisit that. Um... And you've, you're, you'll be watching it for the first time, right? Yep, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's finally some Mamoru Oshii on the podcast. Very excited about that. But any last words from you, sir, or should, we, should I sign it off? Fantastic Planet, that's it. Not, 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 this, this movie speaks for itself. Fantastic Planet. Absolutely. Will you, take, will you go to Fantastic Planet with me? Probably not. Uh, it's forbidden for me. I'll go to Forbidden Planet instead. Yeah, will you take some of the uh, the glowing uh, Viagra with me? Hopefully not. <laughs> um, you don't find me attractive, so probably not. I'll speak to the audience, but hey, I'm not I'm not closing off any invitations here. Come on, that's fair. I guess not. But anyway, peace. <laughs>
Yeah, it's been too long for an Ninja Scroll for me. I don't really remember that one too well. Do you think that should be on the list for one of these strange animation ones? I'm not sure if that was the OVA. Ah, uh, see, what do, what do you... The thing is, like, what do you constitute as strange? Like, for me, strange would be art house, and I wouldn't call... For Ninja Scroll, that should most likely go to more towards the ultra-violent A-rated basement side of things. Yeah, I guess there wasn't any... Because I also... Yeah, I mean, art house has a... You know, it can be super experimental. Some of the ones that I watched were, like, very straightforward movies, but they were done in... I mean, for, for this list here. That's but they fair. were done in such a bizarre way that I consider them experimental. But just anything that, like, broaches into the surreal, I would put in the, the strange animation territory, too. Yeah. I don't really see that too much in terms of animation. Just a, just things that people would watch and be like, this is weird. This is an animated movie? Like, uh, like what the fuck? <laughs> That's... That's what I would put in here. <laughs> well, I mean, as I mentioned already, you got to put Raggedy in and you got to put Animal Farm in there. I'd love to do Animal Farm. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't know about Last Unicorn. I don't know if that counts or not. It does. It absolutely does. It should. Just watching that as a kid, I couldn't stop wondering, like, this movie's so weird. Like, something feels real, feels wrong about this movie. I remember thinking that many times. I don't know about, uh, I don't know about Heavy Metal, though, because, like, uh, again, okay. No. You and I got that film. That definitely counts. And uh, okay, that does because I sort of get this one. Which okay, we gotta go back. Yeah, because again, I mean, you watched it as an adult. Imagine seeing that as like an eleven-year-old. This movie would freak me the f out. And it did. It. I'd never seen anything like that. So it's absolutely part of the strange animation thing. I would think. I think even just random people who didn't have any experience with anime. And we're like, okay, an adult animation, I'll sit down and watch this. I think they would be disturbed by a number of moments in that movie. That was uh, that was Akira for them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I guess it predated it. So where is that? Is that on is that on this or no? Um I, f I figured we would include that with something else, but it could go on here, sure. <sighs> like <laughs> the ending sequence I get, but I don't know, it's unless it's with its like broken narrative style, maybe, but no, I think there's a surrealist element running through the whole movie with Akira. Yeah, that's fair. I wonder if you can make the same thing with Ghost in the Shell. Um, no, I, I, I feel like that's more like heady. It's not exactly surrealist in the same way. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like 2001. I mean, that's you can watch that and be like, oh, most of it's relatively straightforward. But once you really get to the end and break down what the whole movie was, it becomes more of a surrealist piece. But but anyway, we're off topic Yeah, well, here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, End of Ava is going on Strange Animation. Anyway. Back to, sure. back to this. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox isn't in this, nor is Mr. Fantastic. Okay, anyway. Um, Which, by the way, um, I had a couple that were stop motion on the list for my potentials. Ooh, I like that. And I decided, uh, maybe I'll just save it for its own stop motion thing. I, I wasn't sure what, what to, to do with that, so. I wouldn't say stop motion is strange animation. It just depends if the stop motion itself is strange. Oh, some of the ones I was watching were pretty fucking strange, but <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. So maybe maybe they will deserve a volume. Strange animation, the stop motion edition or something. <laughs> stop motion edition. By the way, if we ever do Coraline, uh, mm. I feel like we will. I would love to do the book. Oh, sure. That'd be cool. Gonna be a cool duology there. Yeah, I've always wanted to check that out. Yeah, we're at the graphic novel. 